Hello. Hey, Simon. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Simon. It's Skyler. Hey, Simon. Hello, Simon. What's up, Simon? Hello. Simon. How are you doing? Hey. Hello. Hello. Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Hi, my name is Simon Brooks and I am the host of Conversations with Storytellers, a podcast of wisdom, thoughts and folk and fairy tales from our elders, a meeting with professional storytellers. This is part three, the final part of the Len Cabrell and Bill Harley interview. Well, again, I have to say I am a very fortunate fellow. This is the third and final part of the interview with Bill and Len Cabrell. Bill had to leave, but Len and I carried on. It was wonderful to get to spend some one-on-one time with Len. I've spent some one-on-one time with Bill before, so to get the same with Len Cabrell was great. He's such a nice guy. His eyes are always smiling. His love of his work with children is abundant and very apparent. If you've not Len heard tell, seek him out. It's worth it. If you missed the first two parts of this interview... Interview? If you missed the first two parts of this interview, do go back and have a listen. We head into part three of the interview with me asking about Len's voice in storytelling. Enjoy. So, Len, um, how did you find your voice? Well, I, I think I found my voice through poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, because back in the 70s, I, you know, I was writing early 70s, I was writing poetry. I went out to California. I was up in... Uh, and lived in Venice, California, and then up in Oakland. And I was doing a lot of poetry and poetry readings because uh, poetry was really happening out there. And so came back here and continued doing poetry. Um, and that helped me find my voice. And I think uh, going back to high school with my English teacher, she helped me find my voice um, by presenting, you know, having us read aloud in English class and stuff like that. But with with poetry, uh, I mean, in the seventies, reading, uh, doing poetry readings, it was uh, helped me find my voice. And then, you know, uh, that organization that I was involved with, still involved with, Providence Inner City Arts, would do these large events, and I was the performing arts coordinator. So I emceed a lot of the events. I, I introduce all the musicians and all the performers. So I was easy going with the audience. I could, you know, encourage the audience to pick up trash between the performances. I could oh, wow. encourage people to do stuff. Right. And I felt real comfortable on the stage introducing people. And uh, though I didn't perform myself at this at this event because I was just coordinating all the other performers, but I was, because I was emceeing, I was in practice doing some performing. And then, um, you know, I, I got involved with... Uh, this the group that Bill saw me in the uh, we call itself the Sidewalk Storytellers. Okay. We were doing storytelling and puppetry and creative drama, and so that helped me find my voice. And um, and I think a lot a lot of things you know when I look back at it you know I mentioned the Newport Jazz and Folk Festivals and and listening to music listening to you know, Delta Blues and 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 different voices. Uh, uh, it, that I, that I heard, you know, and then growing up, the variety shows and the vaudeville right. yeah, yeah. things. So, 
and that sense of humor came through. Uh, so when I was in high school, I wasn't a class clown, but I was pretty funny in high school. Yeah. And because uh, I, I just wanted to have fun, you yeah. know. It's like Bill was talking about, I have fun. I want to do something to uh, to spark things up a bit. Yes. And fortunately, I've got a lot of friends who are also a, a funny, they're voiceless, uh, and they want to do things to funk things up, you know. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> how do you feed yourself artistically? I think I get fed when I perform, when I go to schools and I see kids and I see their smiles. Uh, they send me letters in the mail, you know, I get a manila envelope full of yeah. draw, funny drawings of things that they saw. Um, I get fed by uh, the teachers, there's a teacher today that I went to school, she said, oh, I used to bring my daughter to hear you tell, she's 35 now. <laughs> And I used to bring her to hear you tell, this is so great. And she said, oh, I worked at a school 15 years ago, and you came there, and it's so great that I'm so glad you're here. That feeds me, saying, oh, okay, stuff that I'm doing stays with people. Yeah. And I surround myself, I'm, I'm in schools every day, every time I work, I'm in school, so I'm surrounded with people who are educators, and the majority of the educators love kids. That's why they're into it. There were some people that hate kids and they're into it, but you could tell them right away. Yeah. But the majority of educators uh, are in it because they love kids. And I love kids and it's, it's important work that they're doing. So if I can come to a school uh, and communicate with the teachers and have the teachers and the students all listening to the same story, go back to the classroom and talk about it, maybe draw, write, and stuff like that, that feeds me, knowing that, you That's know. And Do you plus, encourage plus the that? fact every day they, you know, to, to get applause, yeah. you know, as, as a performer. Yeah. I mean, every day I go out, I get people go, hey, right. you know, oh, they love me. Oh, that that you know makes you know, it's good for the ego and stuff, but it's it's right in there. I go, yeah, it's yeah. good. I'm glad because I applaud them too, right, for, for doing that. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I do encourage kids. You know, uh, so the younger kids at K through three, I talk about you know the stories that I told. Everybody saw something different. And what you saw was beautiful. And maybe later on today, maybe in school or at home, you can draw pictures of what you saw. It'll help you remember the story you can share with your grandma and your grandpa, because they love stories, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and today, I, t I said that today, and one of the teachers who was leaving said, we're going back to class and we're going to draw. She <laughs> goes, you, g you gave me a lesson plan for this afternoon. <laughs> we're going to draw. That's the teacher didn't have a lesson plan for Yeah, really, you know. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> you know, you know. And so I said, that's great. You know, some follow-up, because it's not just, uh, I really feel the storytelling is very important, especially when you're telling stories in a school setting. Mm -hmm. Very important, because we can point to the library. And that's another reason why mostly I tell stories that, fairy tales, folk tales, that they can find in their library. I could tell a personal story, but the chances of them repeating a personal story yeah. is, you know, they, and but if I can tell them a story, a variation of Cinderella or a stepmother story, a good stepmother story or a bad stepmother or a story of this, and I could say, you know, or an Anansi story, yeah. they can go, oh, Anansi, and they can go to the library and they can see, oh, he told this story, but he told it differently. Yeah. Oh, he told Jack and Bean, but he told it differently, but this is a variation of Jack and Bean. And so they can find the correlation between what I just said in 
the, the go to their library and look at a 398.2 and go, oh, this is that story you told us from the Native American culture. Oh, this is, oh, this story's from West Africa. This is a, a folktale from, it's an Italian folktale. Oh, and they can find these stories and more than likely they'll start to read them. Right. And they'll say, well, he told it differently. Or he, told right. it, you know, he, he changed this or he changed that. And it frees them up because sometimes I'll say, "Kids, you know any stories?" And they'll say, "No, I don't know any stories." I say, "Yeah, I know you know. Th- I know you know three little pigs." And they'll say, "Oh, yeah, I know three little pigs." I said, "Well, then you know a story." And the, the older kids will say, "Oh, yeah, but that's for little kids." I said, and then I, I'll tell my version of three little pigs, and I go, "Oh, whoa, wow." Yeah, you know. And I say, "Now, if you're telling a story." Uh, to your younger brothers and sisters, or if you're babysitting and you're telling a story to a, a young child and you're telling three little pigs or Jack and the Beanstalk and you tell them differently and they go, oh, it doesn't go that way, it doesn't go that way, you say, oh, I know the story you're talking about, that's a good story, but this is a different one. And they'll say, oh, okay. Right, or you get them Simple to tell the story. Right, right. yes. And so they, so now they're, they're listening with an ear for because they want to retell it to their dad. Right. Uh, they, want to, they want to retell it to their mom as soon as they get home. And so many parents, I'm sure it happens to you, parents say, I know you're at the school today because as soon as the kid got in the car, <laughs> parents say to the kids, how was school? What you do in school today? Nothing. Yeah. The storyteller comes to school. What's he doing? Oh, man, let me tell you this. And, and they, you know, they're excited the about yeah. it. They yeah. start telling the story. Yeah. And hopefully it'll get their mother or their father to say, oh, I know a story too. And they can tell a story. Right. Give them seeds so that they start communicating and listening yeah one of the things I like to do at, at libraries when when it's a family event yes. or yeah, an after school event for the whole family mm-hmm. is I encourage the, pe- the the kids to ask their parents or grandparents to tell them stories that they grew up with or if, if the grandparents are in a different country then I encourage the parents to like buy a voice recorder they're really cheap mm. you know send it to the grandparents ask them to hit the red big red button <laughs> you know record some of the stories and then mail it back there you go and you've got your grandparents telling okay. stories that they Boom. remember and it's, yeah. it's just it brings a connection sure intergenerational connection yeah. which I think is really important oh very because if you've got parents that are living outside of the country You've come from a different culture, and you need to hear those stories because that's that's your building block. That's, that's your roots. That's it. You don't want to lose those because it's yeah. who you are. Right. Right. It's just like like proverbs. Yeah. Every, every culture has proverbs. Yeah. So, that's you know, there's a story that I tell at the end of the story. I say that's why my mom always says uh, you get more more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. I told that story today, and the kids in the back row all went like this. They turned toward their teacher. Evidently, the teacher uses that proverb. Oh. And I could tell, sometimes I'll tell it, and the kids will look at their teachers because, they oh, heard it before. I heard that from my teacher, or they'll go, ooh, they'll go like this, because their parents, they heard it from their parents or somewhere like that. Huh. Every culture has different proverbs, and proverbs are pearls of wisdom from every culture on the planet. Yeah. So get those proverbs from your grandmother. You know, she's from uh, Bulgaria, she's from somewhere, they had those proverbs, and it's, the roots of the language yeah. and their belief system and they're mostly they're, and they're pearls of wisdom is yeah. what they are yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true I love it when you get kids that are like heard something somewhere before but it's yeah. slightly different yes you, that sparks a whole conversation mm-hmm. which is, for me it's freaking awesome yeah
What is your favorite trick to hold an audience? I'll start off, sometimes I'll say, I'll ask a question. For example, the, the, the spiritual book that I mentioned, How the Rabbit Lost His Tail. Mm-hmm. I'll say, uh, oh, I got a question, I got a question. Do rabbits have long or short tails? Of course, the kids are going to say, short. I'll say, well, now they do. So right away, they're yeah. like, now they do what? Because I say something contrary. I says, I'll tell you, long ago, this is a long time ago. Rabbits had very, very long tails. This is a long time ago. This is when your great, great, great grandmothers were little girls. This is when stones were soft. And I go like that. So now they're thinking their grandmother was a little girl. And then I go, go, and stones were soft. Now they're intrigued. They're like, whoa. And they lean forward. Another trick, tricks of the trade that I do, I go like this. Do rabbits have long or short tails? And I'll say, and then I'll go like this. And what does that say to the audience? He's going to tell us a secret. Yeah. Just the movement, just the, not just necessarily with that particular story, but then he's, I'll go, and there's nothing but a wall, not even a window there, yeah, or a doorway. Yeah. I go like that, go like that, the kids go, and they all lean forward. Yeah. And then I start to tell a story. It's like throwing a net over them. Yeah. And they all lean forward because oh, he's going to tell us something he doesn't want anybody else to know. Yeah. And so once I get them right like that, then I got them. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, weave it. And just from from years of experience of, of telling stories, you know, sometimes when you're telling stories to real young kids, they get giddy. Yeah. And every end of sentence, they go, ha, 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 no matter what you're saying. Yeah. They go, ha, 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 ha. And it's like that. And so, what you need to do is throw the throw your pacing off, so oh. they don't know where to go. Ah, all of a sudden, they lost that that area, that space that makes them go ah, because they'll start thinking. Especially little kids, they want yeah, yeah. they get into a role where yeah. And one day, the dog ah, doesn't matter what you say, yeah. you know. And you walk down the street ah, they're in a rhythm. Yeah. So you throw the rhythm off, and you just run a sentence together and they don't know where to go and they're quiet and then you have them. I like that. So it's like... I could do that a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because kids, you know, they're, yeah. you know, but you have to... It's playing an instrument, you know? Yeah. That's, I, don't, I don't play an instrument, but when you're telling stories, you're an orchestra, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're calming them down, you're bringing them up, you're, you're doing this and if those kids are in a cycle of ha 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 you gotta break that cycle just by changing the pacing of your speaking. Oh, I like and that. And they go, oh, because they don't know where to go from that point. The idea of being the conductor of an orchestra. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's really cool. I yeah. like that analogy a lot. Yeah. If you could meet a storyteller, living or dead, who you have not already met, who would that be? <laughs> well, let's see, I've met, I met Duncan Williamson, I was, was in my time. Oh, you did? Yeah, I met, he was at the National Festival. What was it like meeting him? I mean, well, did you his know? bro, his oh, he was hard to understand. I oh, mean, yeah, you know, you, you, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, to tell you the truth, I, I've I've met many storytellers. I met Gamble Rogers. I mean, you know Gamble Rogers. No, he no. was amazing. He's a guitar player. He was a troubadour, and he was at the National Festival when I first went down, and he's from Florida, 
and he was he's got albums out. Bill knows him, and uh, David Holt knows him. If you don't believe okay. him, a lot of all the tellers know him. He was a gr- wonderful storyteller and just a real t- played the guitar like a bat out of hell. He could play yeah. the guitar and just talk and play and talk and play. He drowned saving somebody. You know, he ran in and got caught in a riptide and he's trying oh to gosh. save somebody who's drowning and he ended up drowning. I don't know, he must have been maybe, I think he may have been in his 60s when he died. He was back in the, I think, 80s, early 90s. Um, I would have liked to spend more time with him and, and he gave me a comment because I told stories down at the National Festival and he was one of the tellers mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, he was just out there. I mean, he was really top of the thing. And uh, he heard me tell one of my stories, a personal story. And as we were walking past one another, he said, I really like that story. He told you, good job with that story. I was like, really good story. I was like, oh shit, man, this is great. That's a thing. I was like, oh man, that, that encouraged me. It was like, oh wow. Uh, he would be someone that uh, I wish was still living. A lot of people do. Because uh, he just had, the, he could really, uh, with his, with his, uh, he had a steel guitar, steel singing guitar, and they could play a real troubadour. Yeah. And um, so he would be, he would be one. Um, Spoon Williams, he was out of Philadelphia. Okay. He's an old guy who played. And uh, there was a storyteller came from, uh, I think he came from Ghana. Some country in Africa, Laura Sims brought him to the National Festival. Okay. He fought Muzuru, and he played the kalimba. Ooh. And uh, he was wonderful. And this, so he was there along with Spoon Williams, mm-hmm. who's an older man who played the spoons out of Philly. And so here's this real from Africa, mm-hmm. and Spoon Williams from Philadelphia, and they're both old, right? Though. So, I don't think Ifat was that old, but they were both there at the National Storytelling Festival. And then I'm walking through a parking lot, and there's Ifat, and there's Spoon Williams, and Ifat has his kalimba, and Spoon Williams has his spoon. No way. And they're playing, and there's only about four or five of us sitting around them. And I'm saying, I wish I had my camera. <laughs> I mean, I was somebody ought to be recording. Maybe somebody did record it, but they were just sitting in the, in the back of the car, in a parking lot, just yeah. outside, sitting around, and there's Spoon Williams, and there's this African master yeah. playing the uh, kalimba, and singing and playing music together. Wow. And it was like, wow. That was a magical moment. It, oh, are. it was. And I've met a few people who were there. Oh, really? Uh, who were there, they said, yeah, I was there, I was there, running around. And there was only a handful of us there seeing this happen. That was a magical moment, yeah. Yeah. You but, really like working with children, don't you? Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important work. It's going to keep storytelling alive. And hopefully, you know, you, you were talking earlier about empathy and compassion. Right. It's, you know, children are naturally compassionate and they have empathy for things, you know. We just have to show them that adults care about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when when you're telling stories, uh, I think you know, um, especially the children and adults. I mean, I like telling family. I like family program. I like having three generations in the same yeah. room. That's magical it is. because you know 
when they're driving home, they're going to be talking about, oh, you know, I have a story like that, or that, uh, Grandma, do you have it? You know, right. and they sat saying the grandmother sat telling stories. You know, we didn't have radio back then. Yes. Or all we had, and the father said, all we had was a radio back then. Right. And the kids go, well, what did you do? You didn't have a TV, and you know, so it sparks interest. So I really love family programs. Uh, the kids, because that's my bread and butter at schools. Most of the storytellers are telling stories in schools. And so that's my bread and butter. So I, I want to be good at it. I want to be able to offer something to the schools. Um, and because evidently it, 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 it's, I, I get invited back to schools by teachers, by parents, by the principals, because they know the stories that I'm telling are going to, you know, strengthen what they're trying to get the kids into. Right. Um, and uh, I, it just I enjoy it and the kids enjoy it and just have a, a great time because I feel blessed to have a job that I love doing yeah. and I, I feel like I'm making a difference in a child's life you can see it on your face when I've, I mean I haven't seen you perform live yet mm-hmm. which kills me um, but the videos that I've watched I've seen a few <laughs> videos of you and you're always having so much fun with oh, kids it's oh. written all over you oh yeah it's and awesome. that's, I'm glad it is because I'm having yeah. fun with they're having fun we're laughing yeah you know uh, it's just a, a a sweet sweet experience it is there's nothing better than yeah. happy kids yeah so there's one thing I was listening to you know talking about the videos I was watching a, a video and you were telling the story of Mezzi Gallo Mezzi Gallo Mezzi Gallo yeah, yeah and at first I thought it was going to be which it kind of is it's like the little little uh, yeah, yeah. little acorn hand yes thing. But it's not, it's a different story. And I like that. It's a very yeah. oh, I love that. Yes. But what I really liked about that story was the way that you ended it. And what you said was you, you never if know. you go out seeing the world, go out seeing the world before it's too late, because you never know. There might be a surprise in it for, for you. you. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's. I love that. that, that, that I, I love that story. And um, I came across that story in a. Old a collection of old Italian folk tales. I was reading Italo Calvino's collection of folk tales, oh, okay. and um, I didn't find it in that book. Um, but there were some wonderful stories in that book. Um, then I uh, so I came across another collection of old Italian folk tales from the library up the street, and and there was Mezzigallo, and I read it. And I said, "Oh, this story is good." And I've changed it up and you know made it a little different, but. That line in it. First of all, you know the rooster gets hit in the head. And goes, I better see the world before it's too late. Yeah. As opposed to, oh my gosh, the sky's falling, the sky. Right. And so I talked to the kids about after the story, saying, you see how the character is different. This this happened in right right this this that character in Chicken Little. I guess it's Chicken Little. Yeah, yeah, right? it's Chicken Little. Yeah, yeah. You know, just flipped out. Oh, the world's ending. Oh. And this other, the same thing happened to this other character. And he said, oh, I better see the world before it's too late. And off he goes on a journey. Yeah. And it becomes part of that um, Brennan Town Musicians. Right. Because, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I like that story because of the uplifting thing. Hey, join me. You never know. It might be a surprise in it for you, too. Okay. Right. And they're off they go and off they go. And, and, and it just travels on. And... So the kids, so, uh, and I say to kids after I tell the story, I said, "What's did that story remind you of any? And some kids will say, Chicken Little, uh, little, little Red Hen, blah, blah, blah. And some kids will say, 
The Brennan Town Musicians. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You see, the Brennan Town Musicians is a German folk tale. Right. This one is an Italian folk tale. So, and those countries are close, you know. So that's how yeah. stories change. And 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 then we uh, I talk about, you know, always look on the bright side. You know, you never know. Uh, and um, and then at the end of that particular story, where I change it because I'm tired of getting the wolves getting cut up, put the stones in their yeah, belly, getting yeah. killed, getting. I said so. I ended, the, and that's what happened in the story. The the wolf gets killed in the original story, uh-huh. but I prayed that river. Right. And so when they kick the donkey, kicks him out of the house. He rolls down. He falls into the river, and he gets swept away. And so. He gets swept away. He doesn't get killed. He just gets swept away. Yeah. And then they find the, the little the children at the end of the story. You know, everybody's back together, and they have this house. And so kids will say to me, uh, "What happened to the wolf?" I says, "I know he just got swept away in the current." And I think he went down the river, and and maybe he changed his ways. I, I learned his lesson. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. You know, you could pick up that story from there. Yeah, maybe why he's, you write that maybe story? he's terrorizing yes. somebody else. So maybe he said, Oh, I better stop acting like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the characters in that, I had so much fun developing that story with the different characters and the language of the story. It's just so much, um, you know, and it really grew on me. I told it quite, I haven't told it in quite a while. I, was almost, I haven't told it in quite a while, but. Uh, it's one of my favorite tales. Yeah. And for a number of reasons, because I get to play with all these characters, a lot of movement in it. I when I'm telling it, I'm you know, I'm all over the place with it. Uh, but it's instilling kids like, you know, don't flip out. Something you yeah. know com- in, in comparing the story about how you're gonna react to something unsuspecting happens to you. You're gonna panic and cry and yeah. you know, or you're gonna try to use that as a as a stepping stone. Right. And also, there are other stories about the Brennantown musician. These stories are very similar. Yeah. And how you never know. You're going to meet somebody down the road. Like, I met my English teacher in high school who, you know, directed me to good prose. Right. You know? I met a fifth grade teacher who just came back from Korea. My first male teacher. He had just come back from Korea. He was telling us stories about being in a foxhole and how cold it was. And they're fifth grade boys, man. We were like, I think that's the best I ever did in school. Yeah. My first male teacher, and here he is telling us stories about being in a war. Then I said, okay, we'll do some math, and I'll tell you some more later. Okay, Mr. Murray. And yeah. I remember his name. Yeah. And, and it was like, you know, you meet people along the road, and it's a lesson f- for all of us. We meet people who direct us this way, who direct us that way. We don't know why yeah. we're meeting these people. And we, Boom, 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 and there you have it. Right. You don't yeah. know why until we look back five years later. That's right. And it's and like, go, oh, oh my gosh, wow. that's why they were in my life. That's because... it. That's it. There's a plan. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, so be open to things. Yes. Right? And don't be yeah. going like this. Be going like this. Yeah. You see? And uh, that's what tra- attracted me to that story. And then the feedback that I got from it. And especially, you know, adults, they hear that story, teachers hear that story, you never know, it might be a surprise in it for you too. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, you never know, it might be a surprise in it, you know, get up, get dressed, get out there. Yeah. You never know. It's true. It's yeah. True. Len, thank you so much indeed. Oh, hey, this is a great Simon. It's a pleasure meeting you. It's nice meeting you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad we were able to pull this off, and I'm glad Bill was in town, because, you know, sometimes he's on the road quite a bit, and I'm on the road too, so this is yeah. great. And there we have it, the end of the third part of 
the interview with Len Cabral and Bill Harley. If you realise that you didn't hear Bill Harley on that particular episode, you need to go back at least one, possibly two, to get all of Bill and Len together. A massive thanks to both Bill Harley and Len Cabral for letting me take up so much of their time on a wonderful late winter day. It was great being able to spend so much time with both of these guys, asking them about themselves and their work. I learned so much. I hope you do too. Len, thanks for hosting the event at your house and home. It was wonderful getting to know you a little bit and briefly meeting your wife. If you want more of these two gentlemen, you can find their work on their website at www.billharley.com and www.lencabral.com and Cabral is spelt C-A-B-R-A-L so that's www.lencabral.com You will find their books and CDs and even more about them at their websites if you need it anymore and try and see them in concert both do performances for kids or adults or both they're amazing if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, be sure to check out other episodes. And if you think I should interview certain folk and fairy tale, myths and legends, storytellers, then send me an email. You can find me and my work on Facebook, Simon Brooks Storyteller, on my website, simonbrooksstoryteller.com, and on Instagram, Simon M. Brooks. Diamond Street, yep, that's me, the English fella and storyteller. A shout-out to Chris Jed for creating and recording and letting me use the wonderful music for my podcast. His band is called Blackpool Mecca. Go check it out. You can help this podcast alive by becoming one of my Patreons. You can pay anything from a dollar for an episode that you enjoyed to a regular monthly subscription. In return, you get extras, early release, and exclusive content on my work. Ooh. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Simon Brooks. If you cannot do that, then help me out by doing something you can do. I would love it if you were able to leave a review on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, wherever you found this episode. It helps not just me, but others find and enjoy this podcast. Thanks again for being here with me. I know that there are a lot of other places you could be. I appreciate it. Thanks. Until next time, be healthy, be happy, and share the stories you love. Cheers. Simon out. It's just a story. Just a story. <laughs> yep.